0: Welcome back to Real Estate Business Builders. This is Lars Hedenborg, founder of Real Estate B-School. This is part two of a two-part series where Dan Jones unpacks how he gets 10X plus return on every dollar he spends on paid leads in his business. Like I said on the last episode, well, first of all, if you missed the first episode, make sure you go back one episode uh, so you know where where this picks up. Um, But Dan just runs an amazing business. It's systems-driven. In our group, he gave away all of the scripts that he uses and the system he uses to set up all of this. And so I'm hoping this part two uh, is encouraging. I'm hoping you can realize that not all of these paid lead searches are junk. Many of them are. Generally, people aren't getting a 10x return. But if you can run the system that Dan runs, uh, you will be able to uh, systematically uh, increase your the growth of your business and also your net worth and also your time off, right? So that's what we want for Real Estate B-School. So stay tuned for part two and I uh, hope you enjoy it.
1: But the relationship is the most important. Once you find out the relationship and the time, written any offer, sign any paperwork. So step five is essentially, Lars, did you sign a 13-page agreement or did you sign a one-page agreement or did you sign anything whatsoever, right? Depending on your state, whatever the case is around that, we have the easy exit agreement. We don't need to go too far into that. It's more concept here. Now, step six, you can almost throw in at any time. So Lars, let me ask you something. If, I've, if I found a really good deal, I called you, I told you about it, my team and I went to go show it to you, would you still feel obligated writing the offer with blah, 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 right? Now, you don't have to wait to say that here. So, Lars, how long have you been working with this agent? Uh, not too long. Okay, how long not too long? Uh, about a week, right? Now I will go straight at how did you get paired up? I would skip to number four. How did you get paired up with them? Well, I just met them at an open house, and, you know, they are really nice. They've been sending us some home ideas, and, you know, she's texted us a few times, this and that. So, I mean, she seems like a really good person, so we will probably work with them. I'm skipping straight to number six. I know the relationship now. So Lars, let me, let me ask you a question. This market's really competitive. Homes are flying off the market. If I found you a really good deal in the area that you were looking for, called you, text you, t- she said text too, text you about it and called you, would you still feel obligated to write the offer with the person you met last week at an open house? Would you still feel obligated? Yes or no, right? 95% of the time, it's a no. Like, oh, no, no, if you found me the deal perfect it's game on we're back on track with our conversation okay if not we have some alternatives that is when you start clobbering lars over the head lars what's the benefit of working with somebody from an open house they haven't showed you anything they haven't found you a good deal right is there is do you see the correlation any benefit of doing that right and then concern but if you follow one through six the odds of you ever having to go through number seven and number eight right So Lars, I'm a little concerned, you know, and you can say whatever you want to around concern. I'm just concerned the way you're looking at something, you're going to miss out. We'll talk about, you know, some of the keywords here in a minute. You're going to miss out. You're probably going to overpay, right? Let me ask you one more time. If I found you a really good deal, basically number six, called you, told you about it, showed it to you, would you still feel obligated? Okay. So any questions about that? Pretty straightforward, but it's a simple eight step and it's in the script book, simple eight step process for some objection handling. And let me show you real quick as well what time we got. Okay, I think we're I think we're good on time. So let me, um, so in the script book, let me fast forward just a little bit. I want to make sure you guys know as well, the top four objections that we have traditionally seen. So this is the ninja script that we talked about. And then Boomtown leads and then our objections. So this is, I have an agent that's in your book, in the script book. If somebody can think of a good name, I hate script, though. Nobody's ever given me a good name. somebody thinks of a good name, I'd love to hear it. Um, maybe the million dollars. No, that's only $1 million script. Um, so anyways, homes under contract, how we handle the AR under contract no-show, and then some financing stuff. Like, it, It's really well thought out, and this is just not me. This is some really, really good minds around this. So let's hop back over to the second part of this which is it's not a good time to buy or sell. And I guarantee we've all heard that over the you know since October, November, December till now. And we will continue to hear that. Just remember 67% of the country think that, or at least that were polled, that's still significant. So I want to turn it over, hopefully everyone is listening to Keeping Current Matters. Um, that's a simple website. It's a 20, 25 minute call a month. Uh, Lars has been listening to these things for Liz uh, for years and got me on these uh, several years ago. But to sum up everything that they're saying right now and like the market is going to crash, the reason it's not going to crash and the evidence, like there's no data right now that says the market is going to crash. We're up against the media. But at the end of the day, supply and demand supply, builders are 10, 12 years still behind trying to catch up from all the years they weren't putting homes in the ground. Resales, a lot of people don't know where to go. So supply has stayed relatively low. Yeah, buyer demand has come down, but now you can actually, you know, buy a house. So prices have had like state, state, like six out of the seven parts of the country saw no, I mean, decent growth and appreciation last year. There's a few spots on the West Coast out. that saw a two potential three percent price drop um, in a few different areas. But if we don't educate our people and we hear this objection, essentially. You know we're going to lose potential business, and in this market, we can't afford to lose business. So hopefully everyone knows this already. This is nothing new, but this is just KCM, myKCM.com. Um, it's the best 25 bucks a month you're going to spend, but it's monthly market reports. Here's all the slides. You can post these on social media, use them for video content. Um, we put out two videos a month. Most of the time, one of them at least has um, some information from this. Um, If not both of them, but that is essentially large anything else from KCM. It's pretty straightforward, but um, anything you want to add around that?
0: No, we, we watch it monthly as a community and share. I mean, I think it's like the biggest no brainer to just subscribe to it. I think you get like a blog, they write an article a day for you. I mean, it's, it's sort of ridiculous how they keep it. And I think it's still like 29 bucks a month or something crazy.
1: It, it, it's it's very inexpensive. I'm just
0: not like I I'm not good at um like I just hear them articulate it and and the way they talk about the slide and then I would just do a monthly live with their slides but I would say kind of the same things and then throw in a few you know our metro some stats there and I'd get like you know a thousand views on it and uh so you can use it in so many ways it's it is pure gold and and it is like. The narrative that the the news and the twenty four seven news cycle, it's all fud, fear, uncertainty, doubt. Has nothing to do with the reality of the real estate market. So it's like it's totally opposite. So uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah, the um, education portion. This that's the easiest avenue to be able to show your database, somebody you're working with, a buyer or a seller, and. So that's the marketing going to crash. It's not a good time to buy. So the market's going to crash and in interest rate. Uh, one of the things, you know, I had our team start saying in uh, late October, early November, that's worked extremely well is, you know, you have to handle both. If somebody's saying the market's not good, you have to educate them first. And then more than likely, they're thinking it's your interest rate. Either they're going to tell you or they're thinking. Do not assume they're not thinking about it because they are. Right. So interest rate. Lars, I agree with you. Interest rates have increased. But you have to remember, you're marrying the house, but you're only dating the interest rate. You're dating the interest rate. The odds are interest rates will drop over the next year or two. right? They're not going to come back to 3 and 4%, but we can refi at 5 5.5%, you 5.5% know, here in a few years. Most experts feel like that is what's going to happen. right? And at that point, we leveled with them. Now we can understand their potential pain, then we can go buy them or sell you know sell their house, right? But without this piece right here in this market, wasting your time, right? I would encourage everyone to download the um, Zillow mortgage app for me is the easiest, but some sort of mortgage app. Zillow's like I don't like Zillow very much, but the mortgage apps pretty good. I would even have a scenario like in your mind, ready to go. This is one of the ones our team does. So, you know, I'm talking to Lars, Lars, $2,500 a month. So you're, you're on the fence. I get that. You know, the media has everyone scared. You know, that's just not the reality. I give him the education. I give him the interest rate scenario. I'm like, what do you want to do, Lars? Are you going to sit on the sidelines for the next four years paying $2,500 a month, 120 K of hundred percent of nothing. Versus putting the 10% down on the $450,000 home, 20% towards principal, 102 k towards tax deduction on interest payments. I mean, that's a 40 dollars to $50,000 swing. The market's not dropping 50 grand on a $450,000 house. It's just not going to happen, right? So if that is his scenario, the key word or phrase down there at the bottom is, Lars, what is your preference? What is your preference? Like our team asked that over and over and over now. What is your preference? Once you understand the pain and you can make two correlations between the two bars, what's your preference? Man, I'd love to buy, but still it just feels, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm here to tell you, man, $120,000 is out the window versus 20 k towards principal, $102,000, depending on your tax bracket. You know, you're talking $40,000, 50000 swing versus $120,000 down the drain. And if we refine a few years on that lower rate, that 20K starts to move up a little bit quicker, you know, how are you going to make your decision? How, how, do you, how are you going to make your decisions? What's your preference? How are you going to make your decision? All right, same thing as a listening appointment. Lars tells me, hey, we're interviewing a couple more agents. There's no possible way we're getting paperwork signed today. All right, tell me how you're going to make your decision. What are the top three things you're going to make your decision on? You shut your mouth. There's one, two, and three. Is number one the most important. And we focus on that to make sure they had no questions and there's nothing we can do to get papers out. It's the same thing here. Once you understand both sides, what are your options? There's pain associated here, there's a little bit of pain over here, there's definitely less pain over here making the purchase. What's your preference? There's pain. Stand here, there's pain. And if we don't have these sort of conversations on the buy and sell side, uh, just kind of moving forward, like real estate's gonna be a struggle for for everyone, right, in your world. Any questions around this before we move on? No, this,
0: this is this is gold. This right here is is gold. I'm just thinking I mean everyone needs to do a Facebook live, a Loom video with with this slide up there with their their head in the corner and just run through this example as just as just great content.
1: It comes down to, you know, there there is pain associated with not doing X, Y, or Z. And uh, just knowing the pain, so what's your preference, and how you're going to make your decision. Um, so good. What else we got here? All right. Art is setting the appointment. This is fun. Well, I mean, for me at least. Hopefully you guys have a good time with it as well. Um, so setting the face-to-face appointment. What I have seen, you know, just working with uh, with Lars and helping teams, over the years and just listening to their team members or you know the sales coaches or the team leader seems like one of the main issues is people talk to leads or you know have a meaningful conversation with the buyer or seller and just do not go for the face-to-face appointment i don't know why why i mean i know Lars told me back in the day to go do it and i just listened and did it and you know did it over and over and over and over again and got really good at it but every time if you if you're with a team own a team independent Every time you have a meaningful conversation, go for a sit-down, face-to-face appointment. Very good things will happen. You know, we were sitting at the—I um, was at the bar the other day, waiting for my buddy at Chili's, and um, started talking to a guy about some real estate stuff. And I haven't sold a house in a while; I'm out of production. And you know, he starts talking. I was like, they would be perfect for this stuff So I'm at Chili's setting an appointment for Dave as a face-to-face, pulling up his calendar for, like, three or four days later, setting a face-to-face at the bar at Chili's. Met the guy, probably won't sell for another two, three months, but, like, you're always setting the face-to-face appointment. Lars, as as I'm not sure if you heard that. I was, like, the team didn't believe me until Dave actually went on the appointment. Set an appointment, like, literally at Chili's for, like, three or four days later. Just every time, if you get in that mindset, every time I have an NC, we are setting the face-to-face appointment. And I'll give you guys some examples, but I just want to make sure, like, you're clear there's a hundred different ways to do this you just have to do it and i want to give you guys some just kind of examples so if you guys have practiced lp mama which i'm sure we all have at this point the top six is kind of the core group of making the recommendation for the access vaccines fast, home buying process homes are flying off the market i'm not sure if that was in i think we added that several years ago missing out overpaying. right so those are the core groups so i have a meaningful conversation with lars I'm just gonna mix them up the top six. Oh no, I like doing this right too long time. So let me make a recommendation. Let's get together for a few minutes. I know you're a first time home buyer. Let's talk about the home buying process. It's really important I get you a backstage pass to the MLS because homes are flying off the market. I don't want you missing out and getting priority access is going to allow you not to overpay. What works best for you mornings or afternoons? Now, the whole reason why we have this MC is so we can get here to the finish line we're making the recommendation so let's just do a couple more so Lars let's just I don't know, randomly pick um so Lars let, let me rank my recommendations. so I know on the financing side you had some questions um I want to go over just some options that sellers are doing and even new construction on helping buyers buy down the rate also I want to go over the benefits of doing new construction versus resale you know, I know you've seen me online or whatever, that's fine, but I want to put a face to the name because just moving forward, if you decide on a resale, I want to get you a backstage pass to the MLS, already accessed all the better deals so you don't miss out or overpay, and we can discuss, bottom line, a game plan to get your homes ready so when the perfect deal hits the market, we have a plan. What works best for you, mornings or afternoon? There's a hundred, I will well, say a hundred, there's a solid 40, 50, 60 more reasons we could add to this list. It's all about having, you know, and I probably should have put something on. I don't think I did. No, I probably should put someone here on relocation. We're a big relocation area. Um, We practice this all the time. So, Lars, I know you're relocating here to the area. I know you've only been here a few times. Let's do this. Julie and I, yourself, let's connect, Zoom, phone, whatever works best for you. I want to go over all the different areas. The most important part of all of this is we get the location right, right? And I want to go over the different areas. You should be looking and probably shouldn't be looking so you're not wasting time. In addition, I want to get you this, 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 anything you want to depending on the conversation. This right here, if you can show value, you're just signing appointment after appointment after appointment after appointment. Same thing on the list side. Right? There's competition, no competition. I'm thinking about selling my house for six months. You know how many agents won't get in front of those people? Why would I get in front of them? They're not selling for six months. No, the benefit is this. We're going to do this, this, this. I want to get you some numbers. We're going to come with the game plan. I want to show you what to do, what not to do before getting your home ready. There's tons of agents out there that are making you over-improve your house, spending tens of thousands of dollars in a deep seller's market. Let's get together. I want to make sure that doesn't happen to you. What works best for you mornings or afternoons, right? It's the same concept on the list, but if you get good at the MC and this portion right here in this market and you can educate people. You will still sell a ton, 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 ton of houses. Our numbers will not flinch from last year. Even going to let a, one or two people go recently, you know, we're going to rehire a little bit, but we will, we will, we will be just fine. I actually, probably have a little bit better because more and more agents are scooting out of our market. Uh, but any questions around just kind of the whole appointment? I know we're getting close on time.
0: I just love how it's a, it's just a value stack. It's like you know, boom, 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 boom. It's, it's not. Nobody just...
1: says, nobody says no. Nobody says no. When you show that much value and you listen to them and you come off with the MC um, and you make that a you know that appointment. all right, we're good. We'll move on. We're good.
0: Yep, real, real quick. I'll, I'll I'll sneak it in here. So so when you don't get a hold of a lead, is there anything with voicemail or texting or is it just recycle different different numbers and and just try calling? Have you guys had any success with voicemail or text?
1: Not really. Um, texting, yeah, especially on new leads, um, like our AR leads, like a realtor.com or something. It's four calls, four texts in the first hour, um, three voicemails in the first hour. Um, and then we just you know, call. We don't leave voicemails when they come in new after the first bit, um, right after that first hour, because we have different people logging in um, to the new lead account to make dials. But the texts come from Carolina real estate experts, not one person's name. Um, but texting is by, yeah, by far better than a voicemail, very rarely. I, I never had any success with voicemail, uh, mm-hmm. unless I consistently left voicemail after voicemail. Actually, there was one girl, her voicemail said, um, my name's Hannah, Hannah Dennis. She's like, my name's Hannah Dennis. Or he reached Hannah, please leave me a voicemail, So i like to hear them. <laughs> so I left her voicemail 11 weeks in a row, and uh, she finally called me one day. She's like, you're the most consistent person I've ever met. I'm ready to go look at houses. But besides, like, a few one-offs, texting, yeah, but no, no voicemails.
0: Awesome. Um, I think we're, we're good. Uh, I'm going to, I'll ask the other questions if they fit in the end.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the last thing I want to cover, um, we only have a few minutes. Let me, um, all right. So recycling leads, let's suppose it's a new lead within our team. Let's suppose you're an independent agent. You have, let's suppose you're an assistant, You own, a team, whatever the case looks for you, like for you, when you fumble on a lead, like I send it to somebody else, send it to this person. Like I'm going on a listing appointment. Um, you know my assistants here. And I want to have them give them a call. Like I've called it three, four times, was anybody in touch with it. I would rather have somebody from our team connect with the lead, right? And just build on their strengths, personalities. It's like, hey, you know, the answer we back off a little bit. I know you tried to call you, you reached you'd reached out to us, whatever, whatever, whatever. Are you free, you know, later today, set the appointment for some sort of callback. Um, if one of our team members, like we had one yesterday, it was an inbound business card call, one of our uh, own expired mailer, and um, he almost got it just close. What do you do, archive the lead? Nope. Send it to somebody else, and guess what? They're going to be calling it here in a few hours. Hey, I know you called in a little while ago, you know, and then just pick up right where they left off, right? We're going to keep on and on and on, right? That's just recycling the new lead. Now, in 2018, our ROI on Realtor.com, I, I mentioned earlier, was a little over eight to one. And it had dropped from the pre- previous year, mostly because of price increases. So we started this whole idea of recycling leads. So depending on your setup, if you're on a team, you should hold you know, your team leader accountable. So like, hey, can we do this? We should be doing this. Every single lead is tagged every single time. And street so we team up with a process like, OK, if it was I have an agent, we're going to call them. I think it's like every 60 days. They go by date, last time it was tagged know, you know, her VA will go back in and put it into the dialer, mixed in with, you know, no longer looking. We'll call them every four to five months. Um, I, ha- I said I have an agent no longer looking, you know, relocating, for example, but it was like a year two years out. You know, she has a time frame where they go back in and then put those back into Mojo into the dialer. So each agent has like a new list to dial, you know, while they're waiting on their opportunity shifts. So everyone's able to dial two, three hours a day just Recycling leads, and we have you know some old seller leads, um, expired lists, etc. But this is what got us back in 2019, even as prices increased, we still finished with realtor.com at 11.4 to 1. Just you know, so I got a feeling with pricing increasing and not doing anything different, that eight ish would we went down to 6.5, 6.7, because prices skyrocketed you know, just like Zillow did, but they were, you know, real was just a little bit later. So if you're not doing this whole idea of recycling, um, you know, this is the time to do it, not spend more money on new leads, recycle what you have until you recycled it and come up with a good system around it. Just so, so moving forward, um, you know, and that's, we could go deeper on that. We only have four minutes. I want to save a couple of minutes just for some Q and a and, um, Oh gosh, what should we be tracking. I forgot. All right, real quick. Sorry. Go, go
0: through a go through accountability for everyone in real estate entering into the next twelve to twenty four months. What what do you suggest? You know, in terms of accountability, um, time blocking, kind of give us give us how you're going to guide your agents in a market where I think we're going to lose thirty to forty percent of agents. How are your agents going to power through this?
1: Lars, exactly how you powered us, man. You led by example. You were in the you were crushing real estate, right? I'm in, like, personally with the team, like, even though I'm not making dials, you know, being in, you know, when I'm in the office a couple hours first thing in the morning, you know, I'm working on something and just high-fiving, and then if they need some help, they get off a call, you know, coach them up a little bit, but it's just this mindset of education, pain, face-to-face, because we're going to get only so many reps in this market, and when you get that listing, you know, we're a circle prospect, we've never started circle prospect. Right. But at the end of the day, if you're not circle prospecting around your listing um, and keeping that database full, you're going to have to prospect. God, Lars, remember how much you used to prospect in 2010, 11 and 12
0: and how many homes
1: there were like, I'm not saying it's going to be that much, but the better your skills are on all of this sort of stuff on the buy and sell side, like the less you are going to have to do of it. But we're going to have to shift gears. Real estate's been easy the last year, two, three years as this transition happens, as long as you do some of these fundamental basics and work your SOI past client databases, I didn't hear Dave's full talk last, but if you can combine this and those two, you'll come out way on the high side over the next 24 months. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Real quick. Do you manage your own uh, pay-per-click or um, I think I know the answer. Boomtown manages it for you.
1: Yeah, Boomtown does, and that was one of the things, what should you be calculating um, And like, calls per lead, et cetera. Boomtown does that for us really easy. I know what we spend on Realtor.com. Uh, they make it pretty easy uh, for us. Some of the tracking stuff, Lars, I've showed you this before, but this is just every single Realtor.com lead. Some of these things are $40, $50, $60 a pop. I want to make sure, like, you know, things were called appropriately, so a VA comes in every single day, um, and then just the that's no, not the right scorecard that's right that was around the uh, the accountability portion um let me see if there's anything else and then if anybody when it comes to pnl i can share this with jessica as well lars and i did this a long time ago and uh turned it over to i forget the one company used for used for the pnl lars but uh, lars still does ours um about to the, the day just so you know but when i say tracking i want to see i don't want to see just marketing I want to see every single line item. This is on a call I did the other day uh, with somebody, but I accidentally mixed in our, whatchamacallit, a um, bunch of our rental cost expenses. But I want to see, I want to see everything broken out between buyer side and seller side. What am I spending my money on? Like every single like line item separated. So when I go in to see like what my GCI is on each lead source, I can tell you really quickly what we, what we spent and what we make, all right? <laughs> so that's a heck of a difference, Lars, than your. Uh...
0: <laughs> I love it. No excuses.
1: None, none. Yeah, if anybody needs that. And then this right here is absolute gold for your accountant. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just change some of the names. I can share this with Jess as well, um, just to make sure everybody gets, gets this. But uh, this will save your accountant like literally hours and hours and headaches trying to figure like a good accounting system out. Uh, so I'll share both that uh, monthly PL and l uh, and the, uh, the code breakdown as well.
0: Dan, any any thoughts on, uh, Chris had a question about, you know, hiring agents that have already been a solo agent. Um, I can think of two types, a solo agent, but they don't have the bad habits or a solo agent that thinks they, they kind of know how their world works going into this transition type market. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, coachability. Everything comes down to coachability. Um, Dave, who's our kind of newest agent, started uh, last not this January, but January before good um, guy, I think he's at seven and a half, almost 8 million um, written and closed this year. Actually written, not closed, just written so far this year. Um, and his wife is about ready to give birth. So he's been in and out of pocket the last five to six weeks. Um, he was very coachable. Uh, there's a few other people we've turned down because, you know, leadership team and a couple agents did not like they were coachable. It all comes down to coachability, man. Uh, but with someone who's going to perform at a really high level, um, who's been a prior agent? I love someone who's been an agent before who you really feel like is coachable, uh, because if they can grow within your brand and you brand them eventually as they they grow, um, like Dave, it's like we're building his seller website out now. You know he's Carolina real estate experts. Dave Hets real estate. His URL. I want to brand him now. If he's going to stay within our organization, I want to brand him to like a new level. Um, but people who've been around the block and have their transactions handled in the back end um they love it actually we're we're interviewing a guy from um on the remax team um down in south charlotte uh soon and i hear his story and he sold 12 houses last year and i'm like he didn't get anything like that we do i'm like if you did 12 in that system i want to have you to 35 or 40 over here but he's coachable. he's coachable. i think it comes down to one word
0: yeah awesome um I think I know the answer to this. I, I'm 100% sure. Sohail uh, is new to um, the B school coaching side. Do you run your team on an economic model and uh, what are your splits? I mean, you're running pretty much B school economic model, right?
1: Yeah, the only thing that's changed for us and the only thing that, so I decided last year we lost the gentleman um, due to the lack of growth opportunity on the team. He loves the team. We're actually still best friends, helps with our nonprofit. But he took a position with the management position, slash he's able to sell at the same time and potentially help run the team later. Um, so we're going to we're in growth mode. We're, we're going to grow. So I did increase the splits. Um, we have split model for 0 to 25 units, 26 to 50, 50 then after 100. Mostly the SOI continues to sneak up on the buy side and list side as you continue to scale. So I've heard a lot of teams lose people because of that. Um, so to supplement that, we are going to grow. Um, you know, I've always I've always been eight to ten agents, and that, that's that's it. That's fine. With two fifty, sometimes two seventy five, it's really really scalable. But we're going to grow to fifteen, then eighteen. We'll probably get to twenty. I want, like especially Dave. He wants to manage and help newer agents and be a sales coach, etc. Um, I want that opportunity for him. Otherwise, he's probably going to leave. But as yes, yeah, so we run a really tight ship around what we you know what we spend on a monthly basis. Um, so we're able to give a little bit higher, but in the beginning, you do not want to go very far away from the splits with Has
0: Overall, you're still north of
1: 60% on gross margin, right? For the most part, for the most part, actually given that we're heavier on the buy side, we're right around 56 to 58%. Got it. Okay. Personally, I'm okay. Cause we run our, our cost of sell or like all of our expenses around 26 to 28%. I personally so-
0: don't, so, you're still at 30% net. You're out of production. Um, so, so real quick, this is more of an economic model conversation, but I just want everyone to know that most of the teams out there are running closer to a brokerage split model for their team than they are a split that is actually a, 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 a sustainable business. And so, you'll see most of team leaders, you know, they can't coach and, and help their agents too much because they're like eyeballs up to transactions themselves and, and just take like the top five or 10 teams in your market and see how many homes the, the team leader is selling. It's because they can't make money the way that they've set it up because it's on the wrong model.
1: Yeah, I, I heard somebody the other day, a really big coaching institution the other day talking about, you know, so like they're still in production, they're selling eight, 900 homes a year. This person's selling a hundred, but they're running like an 18 to 20% net profit. I'm like, and you're selling a hundred of the houses like that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, that, that blew my mind, but anyways. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right, brother. I uh, appreciate you much love and respect. I hope you enjoyed the second part of Dan Jones talk on, uh, getting a 10 X return on paid lead sources. It's not easy to do, but with the proper system, you can make it happen. If you're at the point in your business growth journey, where you know, there's another level to your growth, just grab a business growth assessment. There's no obligation. There's no risk whatsoever. We just want to have a conversation about where your business is today, where you want it to be in the future and what's holding you back. So go to rebsgrowthassessment.com. That's rebsgrowthassessment.com. And we'll see you over there.